Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I'm joined by Brian Cobley, our students director, and Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor and speaker on Sunday. So if you weren't here, um, and if you didn't check Facebook, Instagram, or our website, you probably are unaware that we started a new series, and that series is Changes, and I will ask that people on stage don't sing the song so we don't get copyright claimed because that's all we've been doing in the office. Um, but we started this series, uh, after forgiveness, which was our kind of our Easter series and, um, very fitting that our first week of changes, we announce a very big change for Arbor that's coming. But Cliff, I want to ask, cause you were, um, this was very much a series that you wanted to do. You brought it to us. We loved it. What inspired the idea behind um, the series Changes? Um, I think two things. One, that that Arbor is going through a lot of changes and mm-hmm. uh, has been. And uh, as, we, as I was thinking about that and then beginning to think of the different biblical stories of characters in the Bible who experienced great change, uh, and the thought of let's look at them, the change that they experienced, and then apply it to our lives, for the principles as to how we can live out our faith more effectively. Mm, and okay. uh, that's, so that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, this is kind of, we talk about the different sermons that we end up preaching on a Sunday at a Christian church. We talk about um, exegetical, like expository, going through a book of the Bible. We talk about topical. This is kind of in that middle category where it's a little bit topical, a little bit expository because you're going through, I mean, you very much went from verse one to verse 44, right? That's correct. Matthew or John 11? John. John 11. John 11. Um, which is cool. Like we often call these, uh, we propose these character study series, and this is very much what that is, right? We're taking a character, we're going to study them, but we're not focusing on the whole life of some of these characters, just where the change happened. Um, when you started thinking about this idea, I imagine you probably had maybe one, two, maybe a handful of characters that you were like, got to do these ones. Um, was that the case? Yeah, I think, well, at least for a couple, two or three. Yeah. Uh, and, and Lazarus is one that I, that I thought right away, what a change to have been dead and then come back to life again. Yep. Uh, that's probably the biggest change that I can think of. And so let's look at that one. And for me, even having taught on Lazarus before, but looking at it differently to say, you know, okay, this change in his life and what led up to it and what can we learn from it yeah. uh, for ourselves. That was kind of uh, a, a fun thing to do. To yeah. Look at it differently that way. Yeah. We had, um, I think it was either right before I got to Arbor or when I first got to Arbor, we had a similar series called Name Changers. Um, do you remember that, Brian? Um, do you remember a few of, I know like obviously Saul to Paul was one of them. Do you remember any of the other characters? I think Simon to Peter okay. was one of them. I would guess Abram, Abram to Abraham. I can't okay. remember. Was that one or not? I think it might have been one, but I also think we might have done like an Abraham series oh. recently. Oh, from yeah. it, so I don't know if we touched it again. Okay. Yeah. Um, was there a woman too? Sarah. Oh, I think that, Sarai was, I think to that Sarai. might have been one. Yeah. Okay. So, so th- that being said, Cliff... Uh, Feel free to jump into spoilers. Are any of those people going to make a guest appearance in the Changes series? Yes, they sure are. Okay. Don't tell us which ones because okay. we okay. want to be surprised, but I was just curious. Yep. Um, was this, 
I imagine the idea came up with those those few people that you thought of. And then was it kind of eye-opening to see how many people had changes happen in their life when they experienced God? Um, was it just like, man, this list is actually too long. Probably need to trim it up a little bit and just oh, pick the big ones. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I mean, throughout the Bible, right? The, the mm-hmm. change is a very common theme. So yep. it would have been, yeah, it's a list that you definitely have to narrow down. Yeah. And then to look at those characters from that perspective yeah. and saying, what can we really learn from it? That's That's been kind of a fun exercise that I think is, mm-hmm. I'm hoping will be really beneficial for those listening as well, because you're not just hearing the story and some of the stories you hear, the story mm-hmm. you'll hear from Mother's Day and the week after, I think mm-hmm. people who've read their Bibles will remember the stories very well. Yeah, but I'm not. But I think they also might get some new a new take on some of mm-hmm. that as it applies to them. Yeah, I will. I will say when I read um, when I saw the title of your manuscript and I heard earlier in the week that you were going to do Lazarus, I kind of mentally checked out for a little bit because I was like, okay, that's an easy one. Like he was dead, now he's alive. But what I thought was really cool about your message is it wasn't a, as big of a focus on Lazarus, but his sisters and the people around the story that really went through the changes, which I thought was a cool way to kind of bury the lead of like, we're going to talk about Lazarus. But really the biggest change came from the hearts and the spirits of the people around him and not necessarily most the physical dead to alive. Um, well, what, what was really cool too is um, you even filled out um, the sermon I gave, which was circles when we did circles. Oh, right. I hit on that story, but it was on the, uh, like painting it from backwards of the people in Bethany, how yes the moment. So I touched a little bit on the resurrection of Lazarus, but I was mainly focused on the Jewish believers or the Jewish uh the Jewish people came to comfort Martha and Mary when their right. brother died. Mm-hmm. Right. But then when they experienced the, or when they witnessed the resurrection of Lazarus, they became believers. So it was cool to even like have you come back a few weeks later and then fill out the that. gaps that I couldn't preach because I wasn't really focusing too much on, on that. Issue. On that. Yeah. I was more focused on what we as a people can do if, uh, in our second circle. So right. or first circle, first circle, first circle. Yeah. Yeah. Is what I did. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool to even like for me who, taught a little bit of it and hopefully are people who remember right. what I taught right. a few weeks ago right. for you to then come in and fill, yeah. the, yep. fill the gaps with it. Yeah, That's what we always hope, right? We always <laughs> hope that everyone attends every single week so they get to yeah. see some of these fun narrative threads being pulled. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's probably 10 people that saw that and they're like, oh, that's cool. I remember Brian's week, Cliff's week, that that played really well. And I read that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, the little we have a joke on staff because we like to we like to spend time planning these series out and then we like to have a little tagline right and then we have also a through line which is so funny because i feel like we spend so much time on these things but like nobody really knows like no one could repeat what the um you know what the tagline of circles was or what the through line of circles was but um you kind of started out right at the top telling us what the through line of this series will be. And you said biblical stories of change that give us principles for a life of faith. So um, what I think is so interesting, Cliff, is that you put the title of this message as Lazarus, and then you did that through line, and your main point for the sermon was trusting God changes us. Does that apply to Lazarus or the people around him? 
Yes. <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. We never uh, be, we don't hear enough from Lazarus, but yeah. we know it did because we know later that the uh, the Jewish rulers wanted to kill him along with Jesus. So mm-hmm. it obviously impacted his witness and and uh, and the fact that he was such evidence of who Christ was. Yeah, and could speak to that. But I think for me, and and you just kind of threw out there that trusting God changes us was kind of the theme that I that wove through it. But that didn't come to me. Until and actually, was I was talking with Allison about it, and I was and I was a little frustrated because I said I I feel like I'm missing something here, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is for sure. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking through it, she reminded me of the tag, and said, "How does that play in the change itself?" And that's when uh, when all of a sudden, then it started to come to me, and the idea of every one of these people from Martha, Mary, I'm I'm presuming the messenger, yeah. the Jewish people who saw, the ones who participated in rolling the stone away, the ones yeah. who participated in unwrapping him, for all of them, it was a trusting God issue yeah. that would change them. And then it just made me realize, if we're trusting God, if we really are doing that on a day-by-day basis, it will change us. Mm-hmm. It has to. Yeah. And I think what's cool about, I mean, I guarantee many pastors have probably said this before, but... With Lazarus, you get the very physical, tangible life change, and then everyone around him, you get the spiritual life change, right? Right. He's literally raising from the dead physically, but what Jesus is trying to accomplish there is, I'm going to raise your spirit in the future, right? And I'm going to create a new creation. Um, I do have a question on that that we can't answer, and I love asking questions like yeah, this. Yeah, go for it. Do you think that Lazarus' life like changed after this? Like, he, I think he believed that Jesus was the Messiah before this moment, but like after being actually resurrected, mm-hmm. raised from the dead, how do you think, what do you think Lazarus' life was like afterwards? Do you think it just stayed the same or mm. no? Did, did he become more of an evangelist afterwards? I know yeah. we'll never know, but. Well, do we yeah. know how much, do we know much about Lazarus before his death? No. I was going to say, so we don't even know if he was like this. We assume since he was friends with Jesus, he had to have... This might be the first time biblically we even heard of Lazarus because we first know Martha and Mary from the Martha serving and Mary at the feet of Jesus. Right. But I think the next time we encounter them is Lazarus' death. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I know we, we see... After this moment, Lazarus reclining with Jesus. Yeah. When they invite Jesus back in, I think the night before. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we just have to, we have to guess at what it was beforehand because, you know, obviously we see the spiritual life changes for the people around the story, but we don't actually get to know if, you know, was Lazarus a bad guy before he died? We assume not because he had a relationship with Jesus and maybe there was some history between them before that, but... Um, yeah, it is a good question yeah. to kind of bring up. I mean, great question. And then uh, the I, another one that I always thought of after reading Lazarus was, it's actually two part, is later when he did die, like what what was he thinking? Like what, I wonder yeah. what was his cause of death and was he thinking, hey, maybe mm-hmm. it might happen again? Or in uh, the end of John when, uh, oh my gosh, Peter. Mm. Peter, who is the one who denied Jesus, right? Yeah, Peter. Yes. When Jesus was saying, feed my sheep, feed my, uh, tend my sheep. 
And then Peter was like, okay, what about that guy? And Jesus like, what about that guy? If it's my plan that he lives forever, what is it to you? I'm always like, what if that one was Lazarus? Even though we, yeah. I, we believe yeah. it's one of the 12. I'm like, what if Lazarus never died because he already did it? Right, right. <laughs> Except that we know he did, right? Because he's not around or he'd still but, be around the day. So uh, he died. And I think the answer to those questions is unequivocally he changed. Mm-hmm. And, and we do have other records of people who have died and come back to life. And the one thing that uh, seems to be consistent with all of them is they lose their fear of death, ironically, because they've been there and done that, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> because, But you know what I mean? And I think that's the way Lazarus lived. Um, if you go on and read after that, I think it's chapter 12, it might be 13, but in there where the Jewish leaders are talking about him, it's very apparent that he has become a force yeah. himself. Because it said they, they want to they they kill, kill him along with and Jesus Lazarus and Lazarus. Because of the account of yes. him. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, mm. so people were apparently coming just to see him as well, going, i got to check this guy out who had this experience and wanting to hear from him. I'm yeah. disappointed that, that uh, John didn't feel it important enough to say, and by the way, here is Lazarus's... Uh, Review of what took place. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> yeah. That'd have been great. Just a chapter on that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. It would have been great because yeah. there's so many questions. But hey, let's yeah. keep it to Jesus, I guess. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Cliff, I will, uh, I will say you you set yourself up for quite the task on Sunday by going verse by verse for 45 verses. That is um, that is quite a bit. Um, but I wanted to. Um, ask you about one of your first points that you made after the main point, which was um, God's plan is always for his glory and our good. Um, Which I think you read it face value. Yeah, that sounds great. But the tough part is (laughs) with a lot of our stories, it's sometimes hard to recognize the second part, right? Yes. And um, what's so interesting is in this story, you get to see probably the thing that shakes most humans to their core, and that's a death in the family, right? And um, reading through that, I know obviously we can jump ahead in the story and pull out the our good. How, how are we supposed to feel, I guess, that point being real in our lives when the resurrection hasn't happened, right? Right, right. Uh, uh, I think it, it comes down to perspective. Yeah. Uh, so Jesus is saying this, so either he's saying it and he's, and he's telling us the truth or we're calling him a liar, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. it comes down to that because the words are so clear. The sickness won't end death, but it's for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Yep. So Jesus is saying he's going to be glorified. If you, if we entrust Jesus with anything, he's mm-hmm. going to get glory for it and it's going to be for our good. Yep. But we might not see that right away, we might not even see that in our lifetime. Yeah. Because what Jesus keeps coming back to is he keeps this entire story, he keeps pulling it back to an eternal viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And the people in it keep trying to bring it back to a temporal viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And, um, And even the theology talks about he will rise again. And Martha was smart enough to go, oh, yeah, he's talking about the last days. Yeah, I know he's going to do it in the last days, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, but that's what Jesus kept, keeps doing, right? He's not, he's not, uh, he sees, he sees death 
as sleeping, mm-hmm. and, and I made that point, and he sees living without God as death. Yeah. And that's a different perspective. Very different. And so uh, to see that, I think sometimes it does require being able to pull back and say, Lord, can you could you show me this so I can see it better? Because I believe it, because mm-hmm. it's your words. It does not feel like that in my life right yep. now. And I've been there where I've, it, I've looked at it and gone, how could that be? For God's glory or my good, I can't see either one of them yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. And then I think we have to be patient and ask for His perspective instead of our own. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, one of the other points that I really, um, really appreciated from your sermon was uh, after you read verses thirteen and fourteen. In some context, there is Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And your point was sometimes we just need Jesus to speak plainly or we'll miss it. And you had a, a pretty cool illustration of, um, with your wife, right? Yeah. <laughs> can you can you uh, talk a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah. When we were talking about this story, we'll, we'll at times uh, have a chance to just be able to... Um, you know, I'll I'll use her as a sounding board, and she loves that because then mm-hmm. she can get into it as well. In fact, she was one who suggested Lazarus when I first talked about this. Yeah. And uh, but when we talked about that verse, she she said, you know, her one of her favorite verses has always been. I can't remember the reference for it. Brian will, uh, but it, <laughs> I'm sure you will. But is her sins, which were many, are forgiven. Right, that that context that that Jesus is talking about about the woman who uh, all of her sins have been forgiven, so she's going to love much. Right, that's always been uh, my wife's favorite verse. But when we were going through this, she said, "I think this may become my new life verse because I so often need Jesus just to say it plainly to me." Yeah, and I just I just love that. I thought that's so that's that's really true. I mean, honestly, I I speak in metaphors as you guys know. Like I, anytime I'm trying to like prove a point i bring mm-hmm. a metaphor but i definitely am the disciples and the parables is like okay dude what does this mean yeah <laughs> right just right just lay it out there man <laughs> yeah right yes yeah yeah um but the point that i want to talk about that we probably can go the remainder of the time okay is your point of that jesus wants us to have our hands on the miracles is brian's uh translation of your point could you actually say the point that you said because of miraculous participating in the miraculous the miraculous yeah Yeah. i love that point i love that point because it's such a blessing for us to be part of it because you you brought up that he said remove the stone or remove the rock which jesus easily could have done i mean he did it in his own resurrection um or had angels come and open it for him but allowing people to be Mm -hmm. blessed that you get to be part of part of it yeah yeah i mean I know me, a little prideful, but if I was that person, it's like, did you hear that Lazarus was resurrected? I'd be like, yeah, but like, I opened the stone. (laughs) I I opened it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or I had had my hand on it. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and the cool thing to me is that then when Lazarus is raised from the dead, Mm -hmm. he does it again. Mm Mm-hmm. Unwrap him yeah. and let him go and gets them engaged in it. He doesn't, doesn't say, hey, I'll take care of this part. You know, I'll do the unwrapping, yeah. which would have made sense. Or yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some of those people going, I ain't touching him, man. Yeah. You know, I'm not, this is too weird for me. And then mm-hmm. he tells him, no, no, address your fears, unwrap him. Mm-hmm. And I think that one's so cool to me 
because it says how God wants us engaged, mm-hmm. not just in participating in the miracles, but also with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And and helping each other get let go. Yes. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, there's opportunities in our life many times where we feel like the Holy Spirit urging us to help somebody who's homeless or somebody who needs quite a bit of help. And I've had somebody ask me one time uh, when I was like early in my church leadership, like, like what happened? Like, what if I don't listen? What, is, what mm-hmm. does that mean? And I was like, what I believe it means is God offered you to be part of something amazing in that person's life and you rejected it. Yeah. I do believe that person was still helped by God, by somebody else who came yeah. by who actually was obedient. It's like, you just missed out on being part of that. Yeah. Right. And so when I read that, I was like, man, like again, Jesus could have done both of those. Right. But he's like, Hey, would you, yeah. would you like to be right. part of this? Well, I think that yeah. what's also interesting, and this isn't to detract from the spiritual principle, but, um, when you when you go to a magic show, right, or even magician, a lot of times they get the crowd to participate because mm-hmm. it eliminates the factor of there's no smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah. Because if I'm the one doing all the hand and pulling stuff out, you're like, okay, but where did so he did something in there, and we don't know what was going on, right? But to have them involved in the process too of like, okay, like you guys are seeing this, I didn't do anything funky here. This is legit. This is a legit miracle, right? And they can have like. Very much, they can witness that story and propel it, and say, "No, I was the one that moved the stone. Like he was standing five feet back. Like yeah. I, it, it was all him. Like I, he couldn't have got in there and slipped a body double or anything like that. You know, <laughs> there is no trap door right. in the tomb. Yeah. I saw the whole thing. Lazarus you know? was a twin. It was just yeah. his twin. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah. to be like that's that's the cool part too. Is it also like it eliminates any sort of thought process of like, well, did he do something or? Mm-hmm. Did Lazarus actually have a twin? Blah blah blah. So right, um, right. But just in and our then, and own then, lives that yeah. Jesus yes. invites us to be part of His miracles. Yeah, and and it goes it, to me. It's it's both sides of that, right? It's He's inviting them to unwrap Him to yeah. remove the stone, but He does this amazing, miraculous work inside of Lazarus that is not completed until Lazarus has to allow them to unwrap him. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up because you you said it subtly at the end of your message, but it was impactful for me where you're telling people, if someone is trying to heal you or help you, let them help because yes. I think I think we as humans are always, especially like I think us who are very close and hands-on in the church, that we are so thankful and glad to help other people, but we don't like to receive that help ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, like, we hate for people to think we're needy. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. told this Allison a few weeks ago, um, just talking about how the whole concept of washing feet that I think every one of us on staff would be the first to wash uh, the members of Arbor's feet. But if someone's like, all right, now let me do yours. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm good. You don't need to wash. You don't need to wash right. mine. Right. I would be the first to reject that. Like, no, man, like, leave my feet alone. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's much harder to receive, right? It is. Yeah. 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 And, but you're that point of doing that because yeah. Lazarus is now resurrected. He could have been like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And like, yeah. rip it off. Don't touch me. And like, rip yeah. it off yeah. himself. Like, he could have right. wrapped himself. Maybe. I don't know how binded he was. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I love that was. That point to me stuck out the most. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that yeah. He want like he wants us to be part of the miraculous, and then us who maybe need to receive the miraculous right. from others to allow it. Yep. 
Yep. I was also really hit by the, in that same sequence, Martha says, wait a minute. If you pull the stone back, it's going to stink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and in my head, I picture that, you know, Jesus had said, remove the stone and the guys are just starting to push on it. And all of a sudden she's going, wait, 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 wait. You know, kind of turning like, and going, um, he's going to stink by now. You open that up, you're opening up potentially a can of worms. And one of the things that I thought of as I was picturing that is how often we see the stuff in us that needs healing Mm -hmm. or that is a sin or that is a problem or that is the decay. And we don't want people to see it. We want to keep it hidden. But once we let it be exposed Mm -hmm. and God does his work in it, it becomes, watch, our biggest testimony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting to me how people, and, and I'll be an example of that, you know, I don't make any bones about the fact that I spent time in prison. Why? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, to me, it's glory to God that he took that situation and turned it to his good and to mine for his glory and my good. We're right back to that again, right? Mm-hmm. And and I know women who were so embarrassed about the fact that they had gotten an abortion or that they had something else in their life or that they were addicted to something. They didn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't want anybody to know about it until mm-hmm. they do that thing where they finally allow it to become aired, to become open, and God heals it, mm-hmm. and then it becomes the greatest part of their testimony. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's so exciting that uh, that then they're, and, and then guess what? Then they're not afraid to say anything about it either. They just trot it right out there, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it talks about the why confession is so important. Yes. That. But I do also, mm-hmm. like I, that same concept with Martha opening it, I also wonder if there's a sense of like, she said it smells that she also didn't want anybody to see her brother like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Where like airing out sin, but also there's moments where we do that to people mm-hmm. where we won't, we are, don't want to air their, mm-hmm. their sins. Like we, we think are, we know better. We know better. We're yeah. protecting them. Like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Like leave them alone. Don't talk to them. Yeah. Leave them alone. Yeah. Um, but that same concept, maybe there was even that sense of like, yeah. she, she didn't want anybody to see her brother mm-hmm. right. in this smell. Like that's what they remember. Right. Yeah. Lazarus as is, uh, decomposing smell right right a lot of different layers huh and i think what's so cool about this chunk of scripture is you it's um some of the few times that we get recorded uh acts of humanity by jesus right you see jesus wept and i think a lot of times we glaze over it because it's one of the shortest if not the shortest um verse in the bible right Yep. But there's a lot of times, especially when you watch like movie or TV show depictions of Jesus, Jesus can look like this android who hasn't learned human emotions yet because he's a god. <laughs> but I told Brian, uh, one of my favorite things about the first season of The Chosen was seeing Jesus having fun yeah. and partying Sarca- at the wedding Sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, like a little sarcastic. Like, oh, that's a real person, right? Yeah. Um, and I think what's so cool about that is like Jesus had better than anyone, an eternal perspective, right? So he's like, if I was Jesus, why would I cry over Lazarus? If I knew, hey, this is all going to work out in the end. But I think we get to see a little bit of Jesus's humanity bleeding through, right? And we get to see it in the Garden of Gethsemane with the the fear and anxiety. And I I like to imagine him pacing back and forth when he's talking to God. Um, But I, I just think it's so cool to get some of these verses because Jesus is this wise, sage teacher, but it's really cool to also see the human side of him. And I think it also is very attractional to us humans as well. 
because we get to hear so many stories of, you know, woman, why are you crying? It's like, dude, have a heart, man. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or calling yeah. a girl a dog. Yeah. yeah. Dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Right. Hayden, but, I think I think you're really on to something there about his emotion because he did know he was going to raise him from the dead. Yeah. And yet he still he still wept. Yes. He yeah. still it's it said it was deep, right, yeah. in him. Mm-hmm. And so what that tells me is he hurts because we hurt. Yeah. Yep. Even though he can see it from an eternal perspective yes. and go, that will mean nothing to you later. Mm-hmm. He still hurts when we hurt. And that's yeah. there's something really comforting about that. Well, today. And, it's just and he so wept, over, wept over Jerusalem. Right. On the, right. And it's yeah. such a parental thing, right? Because, you, I mean, I don't have kids, but I imagine for you guys, you probably saw your kids crying over very meaningless, trivial things. And you guys aren't monsters. So you also had a human response to that of like, oh, even though Cade's crying about a wheel falling off of his toy truck, I'm a human and I have a response to that, right? Like, I'm not just like, ugh. Cade's hit many tables with his head that I wanted to punch the table for hurting myself. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, right? And I think that's what's so comforting about this account is not only do we get to see the miracle, but we get to see the miracle with a human element in there as well, right? Well, and let's right. talk about this. Not only that, but the authority Jesus had. Yeah. Because if I went up to a cemetery right now and I'm like, Unbury that grave. It's going to look at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, yeah. unbury. Like, get yeah. out of here, dude. I'm like, yeah. all right, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's a shot. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus had the authority. Like, everyone, yeah. like, listened and was yeah. there yeah. to, like, just who this man was, how everybody knew there was something different. Yeah. That he had the authority right. to, to have people open up this grave. Because I yeah. don't think all three of us, that would not be right. able to, right. to right. happen. Yeah. yeah. Roll the stone away. Uh, yeah, roll out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably think we're trying to steal. Something. Well, when you mentioned cemetery, I'm like, you know, we think of these big grass lawns, you know, with tombstones. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, that's a pretty good cliff. Let's put some Let's cemeteries. Put some- <laughs> <laughs> is, there any, is there a fox in there? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it would look great on this cliffside, bunch of tombs. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, All right. Well, we're definitely getting to the derail section of the podcast. We- uh, is there anything else we want to? touch on before we uh close the podcast up i mean i just say guys keep listening and attending this series because Mm -hmm. it is i think what what's going to be my favorite part of this series is the human element that we get to keep addressing yeah the transformation Mm -hmm. that comes from our yeah messiah yep and i'm i'm really excited about the story next week at mother's day but the week after that as well because we're going to actually have a chance to hear some testimony that's awesome that's going to be really cool yeah Sweet. Mm. All right. Well, God's doing great things at Arbor. Oh, I, oh, and <laughs> and there is one other thing talking yeah. about rising from the dead and all that. Um, actually, has nothing to do with that. But <laughs> <laughs> I hit my ankle. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I did promise derail, that I would derail. give a shout out to our new pastor Ryan Plans, who's going to be here. Woo! And uh, yeah, you took a phone call uh, in from July, him right before in July, we started, and, yeah. and it almost slipped my mind. If he's listening to this, I hope he made it past the thirty minutes because I think we're just past yeah. that. Yeah, and, uh, and he got the. Uh, <laughs> I told him I'd give him a heads up. Okay, and All right, we'll take well, care of we'll take care of Brian too. We'll make sure he's okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening or watching the follow-up podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Adios.